I'm Kevin Cron, Chief Public Market Officer of Jones & Carter. Welcome back to Texas by Design and part two of our conversation with Jim Webb. Well, as you know, competition for uh, grants, grant funding, federal funding, really any sort of outside funding can be fierce. It can be, definitely be fierce. Um, so what, what have you seen within your local clients or other clients that have been successful in obtaining funds and moving really their agendas and their projects forward? What have been some of the some of the key key things that they've done to actually be successful in competing for these type of funds? Sure. Yeah, th that's a good question. And, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to answer it. Um, but I think at a high level, you can come down to you know, looking at the project. You know, what is the project's purpose? What is the project's need? And if you can, you got to start there and you have to clearly define that because everybody has wants. Everybody's got a ton of wants that they have, right? right? Um, but you have to really figure out what is this project actually functionally going to do and why do you need it? Um, if you can start there, you can start to develop it and you can really start to sort of separate maybe the stuff that it's a great local project and, it, and it's going to help somebody and it's wonderful and all this stuff, but maybe it's just not the best project that really demonstrates regional significance or a great federal investment or even a great state investment sure. sometimes. But I think if you start there and you kind of get through, um, you know, then you can kind of understand, you know, what is the project scope and, and better detail? Uh, what are the impacts? What are the quantifiable benefits of the project? You know, and it depends who the funding agency is. With the EDA uh, example I just referenced, you know they're looking at job uh, attraction and retention and creation. So you know they're not they don't care. I shouldn't say they don't care. They they don't prioritize, for example, um, safety. You know because they're looking at job creation. That's what they want to do. Sure. And if you're looking at US DOT, they're saying, well, we don't care so much about job creation. Of course they do, but not to the same level the EDA does. They right. they care right. about safety, right? right. And, and it even comes down to how they evaluate their benefits because US DOT says. Don't quantify your economic benefits. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't want to look at your your quantification. Just you can sort of describe it, you know, qualitatively. And the EDA says no. Certainly, certainly quantify those economic benefits. That's what we want to d d dive into. You know, so understanding your agency is also important. So you understand what to really emphasize. Um, the other thing too is just having a project champion. And I think this this relates to anything you want to do, and probably any facet of business or even life, right? And if somebody doesn't care, if you can't find at least one person that really cares about it, especially an elected official. It's probably not going to go very far, so you've got to find at least you know somebody. Uh, and if you're if you're fortunate enough to have a coalition, uh, you can really move it move it down the road. Uh, no pun intended, but you know, and then that especially extends to some major federal programs and getting major congressional support. If you can get a state representative or a state senator, um, and they've got a lot of priorities. But if you if you can get them to to just sit down with you and talk about the project and learn about it and say, you know what, that sounds great, and you know, I'll write a letter of support and you know whatever else I can do, you know, let me know. That's fantastic. And then your local delegation can be just as or sometimes even more important um, to the extent again where the opportunity is coming from. So uh, I would say that those are all all major factors to consider. And like I said, there's. There's probably a dozen more I can come up with, depending on the project. You know, and you guys are great at this, Jim, really working through some of the details. I think you bring up a great point, really understanding the competition, understanding the scoring metrics, and really drilling down and really getting the, that groundswell of support from that a coalition of people. I mean, you can't do it with, with, with just one or two individuals. So, so getting that support, I know that's been key on, on some of your success stories that you guys have. They're at the Goodman Corporation, so absolutely, I'm great. That's a great point. That's yeah, a great yeah, point. and and and, and uh, you know, we've worked really well with Jones and Carter as a as a team um, on some projects. I mean, we we recently uh, helped the City of Houston and the Memorial Heights Redevelopment uh, Authority 
pursue $25 million for, for a build project, the Shepherd and Durham Corridor, which is a, a major success, um, sort of working on the planning side, the grant side, and the engineering side, which owns in Carter, um, and, and building that local consensus. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm sort of a hard charger, and I should just go get things done and do it myself. And, right. you know, the phrase, like, it takes a village has always sort of frustrated me because the village takes so long to catch up. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, it's totally critical and necessary. Well, I think you bring up a great point. I think that's a great example. Next question I'd really like to go into is is, is really um, talk to our clients really about the importance of having a well thought out plan and a vision, right? So uh, a lot of folks, they, they want to go chase these funds down. Um, they really don't understand the value of actually having a plan that really justifies and, and really lays out the need and purpose and vision for the project. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and yeah. the importance of doing that? Because I think in, in today's environment, I think it's critical. It may not seem like it's important to put that plan together. Let's just go get the funding. But there's a lot of legwork that goes into putting a plan together. So, And I think maybe, so I'm a planner by trade. I have a degree yeah. in urban and regional planning. And the term plan in some circles has kind of taken on like a negative connotation right. because people see these fluffy documents with these renderings and pretty pictures. And I was like, I don't know what this is. This looks great, but like this is, <laughs> we can't afford this. Get this out of here, right? So right, right. I, I think it's maybe thinking about the plan in a different way and maybe it's a strategy, maybe it's a vision, whatever it is you want to call it, but something that can really communicate, you know, what you want to do where you are, where you're trying to go, and how you're going to get right. there, right? Um, and if you don't have that, you're not going anywhere. And that's what frustrates me uh, with, with, with certain certain projects or, or agencies, you know, you, especially the first time you talk to somebody. It's, well, we got all these federal dollars out here. How do we get them? You know, just go get us some money. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? And like, well, we don't know. Here, we want to do this. There's some flooding over here we might want to take care of. And then we got congestion over here and we got this over here. So can you get us some money for all that? It's like, no. <laughs> what do you want to do? Right, right, <laughs> what right. do you, you, you really need to define what you want to do. And right. asking folks to sort of slow down and methodically think through that um, is challenging for some reason. But I, I think it comes down to, again, let's, let's sort of think about plans in an implementable sense and what yep. can we really do. Um, and implementable means, you know, utilizing a variety of resources like we've been talking about, right? Um, so maybe it's something you can't do, a local government can't do just via their own sources, right. but there could be projects in that plan or that strategy that contemplate coordination with the state or the feds or special districts to get the resources together to make it happen. I think, I think di di diving into it that way, you can come up with something that's workable. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad you, glad you mentioned that. I think we previously talked about the importance of actually having someone that cares, yeah. someone that wants to push it, and having that coalition. The best plans really it pulls those people to the forefront. The people, you really get an understanding, the people that care, the people that are gonna, that they're gonna push it, and really that broad coalition that we need to make this thing successful. I think that's a great point. I yeah. think that's a great point. Absolutely, and you know, it can be a painful process because a lot of times, I mean, if, if you've got a good project and a good plan, you know, you're, you're gonna get some pushback along right. the way from the client, right. from the public, even from the elected officials, right? Sure. But I mean, if you're going to do something that's actually impactful, you, you've got to go through sort of those growing pains right. to get there. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Texas. Sure. You know, Texas, during some of the previous downturns, we've been very fortunate. We haven't seen as deep of an impact as maybe we've seen nationally. Um, with COVID-19, you know, Texas will, is going to see an impact. It has to. We talked about the funding streams and the slowdown of funding streams. Um, but in general, is it are we going to see a similar signature or cycle that we've seen in other downturns to, to where we do have a downturn, but maybe it isn't as deep or maybe it's not as long as some of the other areas um, nationally? It's been really interesting. And I think, you know, you can look at the beige book that the Fed puts out for this region and lots of other resources and 
you know, it's, it's really interesting now because the stock market seems to have no bearing on local <laughs> economic right, action, right? right? <laughs> right. So it's like you kind of don't know what to believe, but I'm kind of just trusting, you know, what's happening outside, you know, looking around, are, are people driving around? Are yep. people That's at the HEB? You know, what, what's going on? Are people going out for lunch? That's the one thing I think that amazed me about this thing is how much money I've saved just not buying lunch every day. Right. But then you think about it, you're like, well, that has major economic consequences <laughs> for people, seriously. Um, so, you know, but, you know, I'm in your office today. I've, I've been in the office a little bit every day this week. And, yep. you know, um, I think folks are, are starting to get back and get out there and starting to kind of look around and say, well, um, I need to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy. So, yeah, right. we're, we're going to certainly see this dip. Um, how long it's going to last or how severe this dip is going to be, I can't say. Um, I, th I think everybody is pretty much in agreement that the sectors that are going to be hardest hit are you know, your restaurant, your retail, and yep. then, of course, your commercial development, your, your office. Um, and, you know, who's going to end up sort of at the bottom of that or on top of that at the end of the day? You know, who's to say? Um, and, and I think, again, a lot of that comes down to what are the local, state, and federal programs that are out there to help support some of those industries. And actually, we've been really fortunate here in this region. Harris County's done some great things with their own versions of the of payroll protection programs and other supportive mechanisms um, just to augment or, or leverage what the feds are doing. Um, even, uh, I think, other counties, too. I think even Montgomery County, I read, that they are going to take some of their federal funds through the CARES Act, and they're going to basically send a stimulus check to just countywide residents. I think maybe you had to apply for something, but I mean, people are kind of just thinking creatively and outside the box here to get the economy moving. So, That's you know, I, I'm from Chicago originally, you know, so what do they say? Like I, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quick as I can or something. Um, <laughs> might've been here for a while now, but um, there, there, there is something, I don't know what it is um, because there's a lot of transplants here, but there, there is something about a sense of can do it attitude or, you know, you don't got me down attitude here in Texas where you know, we'll figure it out, we'll yeah. figure it out. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about, we've seen a little bit of a double whammy. Oil prices uh, went down. They're coming back up now, luckily. So we're starting to see them trend in the right direction. Um, typically, Texas has always been very in, um, dependent on oil prices and, and really has driven a lot of our economy. Um, what are the impacts we're going to see from uh, potentially oil prices and maybe some of the reductions within that market segment of, of their work staffs? Yeah, I mean, we've seen that. Huge, huge. Um, yeah. Your friends, family, I'm sure you know folks yep. that have been furloughed or, or laid off. And, you know, fortunately, a lot of the larger companies have been pretty generous, I think, in the severance packages that they provided for a lot of their staff, not everybody, but I think for a lot of them. So folks are, you know, fortunately, they've got some time to sort of regroup sure. and, and, and see how they can maybe reposition themselves. Um, I guess the nice thing is, is a lot of the skills in the oil and gas industry are pretty translatable to, to other disciplines, right? So, um, and of course, Texas and Houston has become much more diversified over the past, you know, 15 years than we were in the 80s. Um, so I don't think it's going to be another situation like we saw then. Um, but I, so I think from an individual level, folks are, are going to be able to bounce back and, you know, come and work for companies like Jones and Carter or sure. TGC as a draftsman or whatever it is and, and put their skills to use, you know, from a, from a trickle down economic effect. Um, you know, if, of course, there, there's ancillary industries that take a hit, um, you know, and it becomes, of course, a, a, a global political discussion on where oil prices are going to go and what drives them. Right. There, there, there's a lot of unknowns and factors that, that I can't even begin to describe. Uh, but I, I think at a local level, we've got the tools, we've got the diversification that I think from a, from a Houston perspective, as a Texas perspective, we're, we're probably going to be okay, right? Yeah. Um, now, from you know an energy perspective and how those companies pivot, you know that that's a whole other question. 
And that I is, don't have the answer to it. That, that, that is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Yet, yet to be determined. Exactly. Well, you brought it up. You said you're from Chicago. Yeah. Got to Texas as soon as you could. Um, we continue to see a lot of people move into to Texas and the Texas region. Obviously, it's been a lot of reasons. Very attractive job market. We also see a lot of industry continuing to, to relocate into the market. Um, what what kind of impacts will that have on our economy long term? We, it seems like the flow hasn't stopped. The people are still coming. You know, my neighbor put his house up on the market. He uh, he sold it in two days uh, really? from someone from the Northeast. So I mean, it's exciting to see that he moved. He sold his house very quickly. But it it shows once again that we continue to see people moving in the Texas market. I got a Yankee living next to you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Great guy though. Really enjoy him. Um, so um, what what are your thoughts about that? You know, um, I agree. I think we're going to keep seeing that influx of folks. Um, you still have. So here's the thing. We, the, the southern part of the country, Texas especially, has been this economic driver. Now, everybody took this hit, right? So if you look at it on relative terms, we're still sort of above everybody else. So I think people are still going to trickle down here for employment. Um, people are still trickling down here for climate and weather and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other thing here, which is going to be really interesting, um, a lot of places in the north and the west coast, I, you know, their restrictions related to COVID-19 and coronavirus have been especially strict and hard. And I think folks are kind of looking around now and saying, well, you know, wow, you you being the government, you know, you yeah. kind of restricted what I could do, my ability to to generate income for such a long time. And I'm looking down to Texas where they're open for business back in whatever right. it was. I don't know, mid-April, right? Early April. Um, and, you know, that, that opportunity, sort of that maybe that that sensibility in, in government, I think folks might look at and say, well, hey, there's opportunity down here. I'm going to I'm going to come down there and join you. So um, I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, the other thing which I think is interesting, actually, too, and in, in terms of growth, I mean, uh, you're going to have, I think, a great opportunity for additional suburban development, especially in this region. You know, we've got a lot of great master plan communities going up and in the formative steps right now in West Houston, even in, in Northeast Houston in certain parts, but really all over the region. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the commute patterns and work from home and all that stuff evolves. But, you know, for me, if I can, you know, live out in a master plan community somewhere that's really beautiful and well-maintained and sort of self-contained, and I don't need to drive, you know, an hour and a half, two hours every day. I can work from home a couple of days a week. I mean, that's, that's additional incentive to sort of move out in the burbs. So it's, I'm really interested to see sort of this dynamic if it's going to shift because everybody's been really leaning into, you know, urbanism, density, and, and those are all great things. And I, and I think in a sense we should still lean into those, but I think we're going to kind of go back to, to some extent, you know, back to that suburban yeah. lifestyle that, you know, like my folks sort of gravitated towards, you know. It, def it def definitely appears like that's occurring, no yeah. doubt about it. So also, it, it appears to us that uh, there could be some trends where industry are being brought back maybe to the U.S., um, just as we see some demands on sl supply chains and, and critical supply chains and such. Um, you know, Texas, I would think, would be an attractive economy for those sort of things as we move into the future, potentially. 100%, absolutely, and we've got to do that. I think yeah. that's, that is a silver lining in all this. Yep. We, we, we saw, like, day one, we can't yep. make respirators. We can't make masks. We can't even make cloth masks, you know, in, in certain places, in most places. So we've got to be able to figure out how to right. manufacture this stuff. And then you look at medicine. That's a whole other thing. So we can't make any generic medicine. It's all made overseas. So, you know, we're kind of realizing, okay, if we're going to be – sustainable, if we're going to be resilient, we need to be able to do this stuff, which has major economic benefits for the country as a whole. We just got to figure out a way to, to do it here and Absolutely. create those jobs. But again, Texas, we've, we've got the mindset, we've got the mentality, we've, we've got the bones of infrastructure to make it happen. We've got the workforce 
we're the perfect place for it. Definitely a can-do attitude in Texas. That's what I love about uh, being a Texan and really, really everybody that uh, is focused on making Texas great and, and doing the things on moving our agendas forward. So really our last question is just um, words of wisdom. What kind of words of wisdom do you have for local agencies as they start to, to really look at how they're going to move past COVID-19? You really got a lot of good things um, set up for us, but what, what words of wisdom do you have for our local agencies as they continue to look at, at teeing up their future? I, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in terms of getting getting your projects well thought out, planned, and prioritized for various opportunities. And, and those could just be local opportunities. You know, sure, sometimes sure. communities something happens, they they get they get a windfall somewhere, or a project falls off the CIP, or no longer becomes important. Resources are freed up to do other things. So you know, always having priority projects in place, identified. Um, understanding the linkages between those projects and the benefits they provide both economically and from, from a standpoint of resiliency and congestion and everything else and safety. Um, I would just say keep planning, keep looking at it, keep working with good planners, keep working with good engineers and, and make stuff happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you very much for being a part of our program today. It's always a pleasure working with you and your firm. Um, you guys have, have been a pleasure to work with over the last few years. You've done some tremendous things for our clients, for our communities, and we look forward to continuing that conversation. It's really, really great. Awesome. So, thank you. I appreciate it. And anytime. Thank you. And we'd like to thank you for being a part of Texas by Design again. If you liked today's episode, we ask you to, to go online and give us a five-star rating. We also ask you to follow us on social media, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, we thank you for being a part of our program today. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you.